Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. Churchescare.com. From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop? It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. Support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com. At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The Exxon TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Unwilling to be the government's deadly assassin, gifted psychic Kahara Mitchell went AWOL and ended up buried under rubble in the wake of a great tsunami. She regained consciousness far from Earth on the medical ship of a Dagaronian intergalactic fleet. Has she been rescued or abducted by aliens? The Chalice of Carrie, Kahira O'Donnell's latest paranormal science fiction romance, is the passionate story of an Earth woman and her destined mates, twin kings from another galaxy. Kahara uses her gifts fighting alongside Lords Rom and Ra in a war that will determine the destiny of galaxies. 
The Chalice of Kari by Kahira O'Donnell is now available at kahiraodonnell.com or at amazon.com. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to listen to the Exxon, 724-365. It's at www.exxonradiotv.com. And if you'd like to see what's happening in our TV show, Exxon TV show, just go to its website, exxonetv.com. You know, Exxon Nation, each spring Christians uh, the world over observe uh, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter to mark major events in the life of Jesus, whom they believe to be the Messiah. Well, we're asking this question today. Is it the right Messiah? Possibly with the wrong name? Well, my guest this hour is Peter Miller Russo, and... Um, we're going to be talking to Peter about this very question. Peter joins us now on the telephone. And uh, Peter, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Great pleasure talking to you. Um, so what is the scoop here? Right Messiah, wrong name. Yeah, well, we have a tradition that's been happening in Christianity, especially in our Western world, where mm-hmm. we don't really have not looked at the Hebrew, Hebrew roots of Christianity. And there's a movement in the past few years now going back to that. But a lot of mainstream Christianity basically stuck in traditions, and they don't let themselves out of the box to try to investigate really what happened during the time of what we call Jesus, and how do you live, and what you know what culture was he in? All right, but doesn't the Bible call him Jesus? Yeah, it does. In the, in the English translation that we have mm-hmm. come to, it's called Jesus. If we go back to the the uh, sixteen eleven King James, which was translated from Greek, the New Testament, mm-hmm. we find that the, even the Greek word doesn't sound like Jesus. It's actually translated as Iesus, which doesn't even have a G sound. So we're pretty far afield from the sounding of the name that the Messiah had when he was on Earth. Well, who is the Messiah then? Well, the, the Messiah still is that person. We may call him that name in English. Like I might be called Pete or, or Pietro or Pierre, and if, if from from a French point of view, so the Messiah is the same Messiah in, in our belief. It's just that the name has gotten uh, mangled over the centuries in some ways. So basically, this is just the enunciation of the name that is wrong. That's my opinion. That's our opinion here. Yes, but it goes further than that because what happens with the name of Jesus mm-hmm. being actually a Hebrew name that was translated into Greek, right. and then back from Greek into English, is that there is even more um, um, traditions that cover the name of Jesus' Father, which is, is a whole nother topic of great importance to our ministry. Tell me about your ministry. Well, we started this a couple of years ago. Uh, it kind of grew out of a trip to Israel in 2009. Mm-hmm. And there was... 
we had been uh, brought up Catholics, and I had gone into the New Age for, for 20 years. I got out of that when I turned around 40 years old. And I started looking back at Christianity and what was it, what did I learn as a Catholic, and I wanted to know more, because there had to be more on Jesus' life than just some catechism that I learned in church. So I started investigating that deeper, and I found that, gee, the name Lord in my Bible doesn't really mean that's not the name of God mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. And believe it or not, it sounds kind of silly, but people take take uh, for granted certain things, and if they don't look deeper, they don't realize what they've been reading all these years is not really the word in Hebrew. There's a real name of God in Hebrew in the Hebrew Scriptures. All right, but but in the big picture of things, does does that really matter when it comes to a person's faith and what they believe in, whether it's Yezu or Jesus or Jesse or Jesui or whatever? Well, if we go back to the to the name of God. God wants his name known. The Hebrew, the God of Israel does want his mm-hmm. name known. It's not the name of Islamic religion. Some people believe we're all one happy uh, family coexisting, but mm-hmm. we don't believe that. We believe the God of Islam is not the God of the Bible. The name that they give their God is not the name of the God of the Jews and Christians. And if you don't know the name of your God, you'll fall for different faith movements like Chrislam and interfaith movements that are trying to bring into the one world government into exist, one world religion, excuse me, into fruition. It's really a uh, plan not of God, but rather of Satan. All right, so what is the name of God? The name of God is in the four Hebrew letters. Now, we had to remember, before I, before I mention this, I mm-hmm. want to preface this a little bit by saying that the sound, the, na- the names that we're called, like when we're a baby, we don't know letters, right? We hear, we hear a sound, and that sound we start to respond to, that sound will be our name. It's a sound. It's just not letters. The letters are languages are used as symbols to represent the sound. So when the God of Israel talked to Moses and said a sound came out of the God of Israel's mouth, uh, Moses used the Hebrew letters to represent that sound the best he could. And the four Hebrew letters that he wrote in the Torah over 1,500 times are English YHVH, or in Hebrew Yotevathe, for the tetragrammaton, as it's called in Greek. Now, the pronunciation of those four letters, mm-hmm. because the consonants were Hebrew language, no vowels, is really up to debate. All right, let's, our, let's do a little bit of a cliffhanger here. We've got, we've got to do a cliffhanger here. I've got to take my first break. Don't go away, Exxon. When we come back, the real name of God, according to our guest this hour, Peter Miller Russo. Don't go away. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. 
If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The Exxon TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Welcome back, everyone. Peter Miller Russo is my special guest. He is a non-denominational Christian who believes, after a 10-year journey into the Word, um, that he was led by the Holy Spirit to teach about what the Holy Scriptures of the Jewish and Christian faiths reveal regarding the one true Creator's name. So, Peter, tell me, what is the name of the Creator, the one true Creator? Well, as I was speaking before the break, uh, the consonants YHVH, mm-hmm. we have to uh, do our best to insert the vowel sounds. We've, we insert an E, an O, and an A. That becomes Yehovah, or Yehovah, which is similar to what we've heard in certain uh, Christian areas of Jehovah. Yeah. We're, you know, we're not technically Jehovah Witness here. We're not at all Jehovah Witness. We mm-hmm. just looked at the Bible, came to look at it, came to explore it. And this is the name that we have come up with through our, our studies. But but if a person has been calling Jesus Jesus for I don't know how many years, or, or they recognize God as Jehovah, mm-hmm. what does the pronunciation of the name really do to changing their belief, changing their love, changing the way that they 
they they they pray the way that they practice their religious beliefs well it's it turns to me um, a matter of respect if I know your name was Ron but I called you Don or I called you some other name and I do when I not want to learn who you are and speak. well you you just called me Ron and my name is Rob See, that's what I'm saying you know so I know I mean, you're I know you're talking you to me. when you be called by your a different name that your name is yeah. but Okay, this is your interpretation. But even the sure. Vatican, even the Vatican calls Jesus, Jesus. And if you can't believe the Vatican, if you can't believe the Archbishop of Canterbury, if you can't believe your own pastor, minister, or rabbi, who can you believe? You can believe the Word of God. You can read it yourself. And, you know, we took up this mm-hmm. study not with any preconceived knowledge of what it was. We looked at the Bible. We went to the Hebrew. We started investigating over the period of months. And it's not something that's taught. Why isn't it taught? I'd sure like to know. There are some theories why they don't teach the name of God. The Jews don't say the name of God, although through different sources, they also we also believe that it's pronounced Jehovah. We mm-hmm. we have other Jewish uh, people that are investigating, so it's not just a Christian uh, type of investigation going on. There's some people writing books about this from a Jewish perspective. Mm-hmm. Their Jewish uh, rabbis and friends are saying, why are you saying this name? We don't want you to say this name. Why now, not? why are they hiding the name of our God from us? I'd like to know. One reason they believe is that it's too holy to speak. The other is the third commandment says you should not take the name of your Lord, your God, in vain. Mm-hmm. So, so just in case, they just don't tell you the name. And so you don't have the freedom to know the name of your own God. Now, if a person doesn't want to know the name of the God, that's fine. We want to know it. We want to teach it. So that's basically what we're trying to do. Now, if a person not say if a person is saved in the name of Jesus, we don't believe they lose salvation because they mm-hmm. use the wrong name. We're trying to honor the Father. He gave his name in, to Moses in Exodus three fifteen. You know, it's very un, unclear what it's unfortunate what we're taught in the movie The Ten Commandments and things like that. We're taught that God's name is I am that I am, but in the Bible, in the very next verse after God tells Moses that I am that I am, he goes on to tell them. Say that Yehovah Elohim, or Y-H-V-H, Yehovah, not Lord, mm-hmm. the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob, has sent me unto you. And then he goes on to say this, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So it's, it's something we're supposed to remember. And there's blessings in the name that are given by the Father if we think about his name. He's given us blessings in Malachi, which I can also um, you know, let you know about, too. You know, I, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing the passion about what you're, what you're believing and and what you're saying. But I've got, I've got to tell you, sitting back outside of the box, I'm just kind of, all right. So the name is wrong. The name could be Pierre, like you were giving examples before, instead of instead of Peter or Pietro. I I don't understand the significance of it. Well, here's another here. I can understand why it's difficult to understand mm-hmm. the significance of it. I, I do understand why people, you know, maybe not understanding the importance of it. I look at what the Father says again. The Father, okay. the Father of Jesus, which is the, the God of Israel in Deuteronomy, and I won't go through the verses unless you're interested in knowing the number. I can repeat it for the reader, the listeners. But he's told the Israelites to do several specific things to the, the pagans of that time in the land that they were to get the land, the promised land. Sure. He told them to overthrow their altars, 
mm-hmm. to break their pillars, to burn their groves with fire. He told them to hew down the graven image of their gods, or Elohim, and destroy the names of them out of that place. And destroy, in that Hebrew word, comes to mean obliterate. Obliterate means to remove from recognition or memory the names of those other gods. Mm-hmm. Then, very important, the next verse, he says, you shall not do so to Yodhivave, your Elohim. You're not to remove his name from memory. Now, I don't know why God tells us to do things, but I trust what he tells me to do. And so I'm trying to follow his guidance, see? And if I don't understand something, my father tells me, I still trust that he's doing it for my benefit. Well, like, for example, he tells me not to eat unclean foods. I mm-hmm. don't eat them. Am I under the law? Maybe not. But there's a reason he told us not to eat those unclean foods, so I choose not to eat them. Yeah, I've got a big problem with a lot of things that are in the Bible. For example, you you, you gave him a reference as your father. Mm-hmm. Now, in your belief, is God the father of all humanity? He is the creator of all humanity. Okay, so he is my father, he is your father, he is the father of all those who live around the world. Am I correct? He's the creator of all humanity. There, there is, there, I've been studying this, this particular topic is very mm-hmm. of, of interest, because we're writing a booklet about mm-hmm. the father, and his, is he your father? So is he, yes or no? Not a core, yes, if. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text grade to 323232 according to jesus mm-hmm. in the new testament if you accept jesus as the messiah then mm-hmm. you become a child of god all of right god, so, so, let, so let me ask you let me ask you this are you a father i'm a i'm a father of yes I have children. all right i've got i've got six children i've got seven grandchildren and i love my children very dearly i love That's my grandchildren very dearly i would never ever ever do anything that would harm them and yet, God the Father, how many people has he killed deliberately? His own children. Look what happened, Sodom and Gomorrah. Look what happened with the great flood. You know, and how many people have died in the name of religion over the years? Is this a father? I'm going to tell you something, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to anyone who's listening. I don't want to be that kind of father. I'm a father that, that loves my children, who will teach my children. I would never, ever, ever, ever consider harming a hair on their head. And yet, after killing all these people throughout time, I'm, once again, I'm using Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm using the, 
the, the, the, the Egyptians that were drowned, the, the major flood? Why do people revere him? How can you love someone who kills? And yet, he breaks his own commandments. And yet, he's still revered. To me, as a father, it makes no sense. I want no part of this kind of love. And yet, people pray to him. They adore him. Why? Well, they don't, they don't see him, maybe, as you described him there. Uh, that's probably why. Uh, you know, he does the, the commandment, thou shalt not kill, mm-hmm. is really thou shalt not murder. I'm not trying to pick, you know... Well, uh, he murdered. Here. He murdered. Murder is killing, murder is a killing of, of innocence. Well, he, now, he murdered when he, when he drowned everybody in the Great Flood. There were children, newborns, that were killed. If you're going to tell me that a newborn or an infant is, you know, has sin, come on. Well, if you want, if you want to discuss how we look at God as good and what, how the flood, and what are the theories behind yeah. why the flood was not uh, just a mass murder, you know, of of an evil God. The other theories you probably talked about uh, may be the fact that the Nephilim, the fallen angels, which you probably know about this uh, theory, sure. have mated with the, the children of the daughters of men, yep. and they've polluted the bloodlines with but, uh, satanic influences. All right, That's so let, let me ask you this. I agree with you that there's a lot of controversy when it comes to religion, no matter which religious philosophy that you talk about. But here's the major question. How do we know God is real? How do we know he even exists? How do we know Jesus is real? How do we know that Jesus exists? How do we know that we're just not following a, a book that was based on fiction? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of ways to know that. How we know God exists? The first way I answer that is mm-hmm. I came to a conclusion. I, I went through a period of angst. I had a disabled daughter who recently passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And But, but during uh, her lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. after I was coming out of the New Age, uh, I was angry at God. I was angry at God because the New Age couldn't heal her. I was promised by the certain path that they could do healing, so sure. they didn't do any healing. And I counted on them for quite a few years. I got out of that path, mm-hmm. and then I looked at God just in the way, and I said, God, why did you create a world of suffering? And you could have created any world. Mm-hmm. You know, why did you do this? So I was angry at God. Uh, for, 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 a, for a while. Is, is it possible that we humans need someone to blame? That God is actually the creation of mankind so that if when mankind does fail, we have someone to blame? And when something fantastic happens, we have someone to thank instead of blaming ourselves and thanking ourselves? No, I have to say... Uh, I like I like to talk about different topics. You know, mm-hmm. I study philosophy in school, and sure. I like to debate things. But it came anything is possible from that point of view. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that anything like you can't think of things that could be true. Sure, sure, it could be true. That could be true. There could be nothing. But when I look at the universe, what co- when I was doubting God during that period of time that I was talking about, mm-hmm. not just angry at something I didn't know what I was angry about. I looked at what, you know, from a point of logic, was it more likely that dust and rocks created everything or something more powerful and mysterious than I created it? And I came to the conclusion there was something more powerful and mysterious than I. And that was before I started getting back into Christianity. How do I know Jesus real? When I started listening to Bible teachers Mm -hmm. and different uh, current teachers uh, teaching about healing, about all the things, uh, speaking in tongues, and different gifts of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit started talking to me, 
started comforting me mm. as a real separate being, then right. I started to realize, well, there there is truth here. All right, let's, let's talk here. about this more on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Exonation, our guest this hour is Peter Miller Russo. His website is ProclaimHisHolyName.org. That's ProclaimHisHolyName.org. And Peter and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The Exxon TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag, both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. 
M-A-T-S-T-E-I-N.com. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is Peter Miller-Russo. His website is ProclaimHisHolyName.org. First of all, Peter, uh, my condolences on the passing of your daughter. I know it's very hard for any parent to, to lose uh, one, of their, one of their children, so my condolences to you and, and your wife. When you were talking about hearing the, the Holy Spirit yourself, can you yeah. take me to that point and tell me, where you were, what you were doing, what you heard, and how it it, it affected your life. Well, I had I'd been I went to a uh, conference in Phoenix, and mm-hmm. it was a three or four day conference, and there was an evangelist speaking or as a teacher speaking for on the top certain religious topics for probably it was the Holy Spirit for about three or four days. And then we went to the Grand Canyon, and I was going down the Grand Canyon. I was going to tackle that Grand Canyon because thirty years earlier it beat me. Hmm. I was coming up, took me eight hours to come up, I almost died coming up in the middle of summer. So I said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to beat this. And I'm, I was 50-something years old at the time. And I took my son with me. He's, he's like 30 years old, and mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't make it down. So I started going down alone. It was in, it was, this was more in wintertime, so I, I, didn't, I wasn't going to challenge it in the heat of the summer, but I was going to beat it in winter, at least something. So as I started going down that hill and being by myself, this, this, just being by myself with nature, there is something standing with me, something was with me. When I got down to the bottom and I lay down to sleep and, and I, uh, wasn't, I didn't bring a, a, the proper cots and things like that, so I ended up sleeping on the ground or one of the picnic tables in a sleeping bag. All night long there was a comfort. There was songs from that session going through my mind. It was as if somebody was just comforting me and soothing me in that experience. It was cold. I was by myself and I was on this hard table, but it, it, it rested me. It just held me in its arms, so to speak. And that this change, it changes your life because mm-hmm. you start to see, I know how to get in touch with this. This being touched me. I don't know, well, how did I get in touch with it? What was it? You know, thinking back, it was just the focusing on it. It was putting everything else aside for four days. And it was not thinking about my work or mm-hmm. my problems. It was just thinking about God. And that's what people do when they fast and when they put away things, when they go to a monastery, when they go out in nature just to be by themselves, when they still their mind from all the, the busy things. You know, it said every 14 seconds we had a new thought. Well, maybe we can slow down those thoughts and just let God speak to us in the stillness of ourselves. And that's how it came to me. And, and God actually spoke to me, too, not in an audible tone. This was... About five years ago, I had my grandchildren up to my house to visit, and my son, and I just said in my heart, or my mm-hmm. mind, I said, I said to God, I said, thank you for blessing me, I feel so blessed. And he said, and this was just like an impression, it was like something that comes to you, like, you've seen these old anvils that hit this thing, and you see these uh, Roman numeral letters, I don't remember what TV show it was on. <laughs> was the that, that, that sounds like something from Bugs Bunny with the Roadrunner and the Coyote. Oh. Well, it wasn't hitting a person. It was hitting yeah. this anvil, and then these, these, and it was like the Roman numerals from 1965 or something. Oh, right? I, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Dragnet at the end of a show. I right, don't remember, I right. don't remember this big show, but it was like that hammer hitting, and, and the voice sent him, it came. It wasn't my head. It wasn't mm-hmm. me speaking, and it said, I have not yet begun to bless you. And I wouldn't have said that to myself. I know my own thoughts are my thoughts. This wasn't me speaking. 
And I and I'll be just like Abraham. I'll wait fifty years to be blessed. I believe God in his time will bless me and I believe he has blessed me. I didn't ask him for blessing. I was thankful at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, Thanks for blessing me and he said, I've not yet, but I'm going to bless you. So how has it changed me? This makes me know that God is real, that Jehovah is real, that Jesus is real. I have my doubts. I'm a human being. Sure. You know, I'm part of part of the fallen mankind. Uh, I had a rebellious streak. My son still has a rebellious streak, and it's just you know I believe in generational curses. Curses. I don't believe in in genes that you know, I believe it's a mechanism to bring these curses upon us. I believe those curses can be broken too. What happened in the New Age movement? How long were you in it for? And I can, yeah. you know, tell but, me about that. Well, I was in it since I was about 16 years old, mm-hmm. all the way till about 39 or 40. What happened was um, I had been interested when I was 12 years old in self-hypnosis and just different things like uh, outside the norm of sure. learning. So I started looking at that kind of stuff. And then I started, um, my mother got sick. This was when I was only 15 and 14 and 15. She mm-hmm. had gotten ovarian cancer. So mm-hmm. had, she had died basically a year later when I was 16. That was a very traumatic incident. So I withdrew into myself even more because I was injured mm-hmm. at the time already. And I was overweight. I didn't have any girlfriends. I was just kind of just uh, isolated. Yeah. My father and I didn't have a good relationship. I started looking into other things like out-of-the-body uh, mm-hmm. travel, astral projection, things that interested me. I, I wanted to get out of this world, basically. You know, I wanted to prove that there was existence after this life. You know, I've always been afraid of death, I'll admit. So I looked at astral projection. I got into the New Age, but then I got into a... Uh, I was looking at different religions. I wanted to find a religion different than Catholicism. It didn't mm-hmm. feed me at the time. I started calling different places out there called the Baha'i Faith. I've talked to the guy, the guy who just didn't click with me. I talked to a Buddhist. He just wasn't warm enough to me. I ended up talking to a person of another cult. I call it a cult now. And that person was really nice. You know, she was 10 years older than me. She treated me with kindness. I needed emotional support. Basically, it became a crutch. I got into the, a New Age cult because my mother died, and I didn't have anybody to comfort me. Hmm. And then I withdrew from my exploration of astral travel into this other cult, and it became a doctrine that, that wrapped me up for many years. And then I got initiation levels, and then I identified myself with that initiation level. And there was always a carrot at the end. It, there's always a carrot, and these paths of these new age just lead you, they drop you. If you go in, some people are in there for 30 or 40 years, they think they're reaching mastership levels. I don't know. I'm not, I, I never did, at least. I, I could have said I did. The, the people that I was in the past said, at the second level of initiation, you're greater than Jesus. I couldn't do greater things than Jesus. It was just a lie I wanted to believe. That's where I was at. Why do you call it a cult? What happened within this, this organization that makes you believe that it was, in fact, a cult? Were there any, were there any sacrifices? Were there... No, no, there were no sacrifices other than sacrificing what I consider my soul mm-hmm. to damnation eventually. You know, there was no sacrifices. It wasn't a satanic cult. It wasn't okay. a cult of Satanism where we, you know, put people on an altar and, 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 and did anything like that. But I think, you know, what is a profit of man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? The soul is more profitable, more important than matter. And so I didn't want to lose my soul. And, and um, why did I call it a cult? Because the, basically the leader, the leader, they said you should not read any other books. So it was really closed. They closed you off from any mm-hmm. other ideas. Um, and, it's, and then the, the leader of the cult was God. He was not just representing God. He was God in a body. On this earth, in the real time, in, in, in real time space. Well, wasn't Jesus 
the same thing? Jesus was the Son of God. There okay. was a good debate about that. And you'll have some mainline Christians say that he is God. Uh, and I'm skidding on, I'm going on thin ice here because sure. I can't prove he wasn't God, but I, he never claimed to be God. He didn't. There's some Bible verses in there that look like it, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, he, he never claimed to be God. He always gave his Father the glory. He said, I and the Father are one. I can say you and me have, are one because we have the same goals. We have the same mind. Right. It doesn't mean you or I are the same person. I don't believe so. There are many people who believe that Christianity or Catholicism is a cult as well. You know, because yeah. you must read just this book, which is the Bible. And, you know, the, the Bible is very contradictory. It contradicts itself on a continuous basis. For example, the God of the Old Testament is totally different from the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is very, very mean, very vengeful, very domineering, very controlling. Whereas the God of the New Testament is very loving, very kind, very forgiving. Gave his only son so that you know, mankind could, could have a way to the Father. So where does the difference come between a religious organization or a philosophy that follows the Bible compared to that cult, that organization that you were with in the New Age movement. What's the difference? What's the difference? Well, it comes down to belief. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that I've connected to, which I believe is the Holy Spirit of God, has led me to believe in the words of Jesus. And, And Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. You've, I know you've heard these verses before. Sure. And until you're back, you know, the Bible was a semi-mystery to me. You know, we, we was trying to study it back in 2000. We came out of the New Age. My wife wasn't as enmeshed as was. She actually helped me out of it uh, to see that and see what I was listening to wasn't what, it, what I thought it was. And I was trying to get myself out of it. But until we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is not baptized in water, until we had that, the Bible didn't open up to us. It's sort of like it's almost, even though it's English and you can see the words, it's hidden. The code is hidden. It's The spirit of it is hidden somehow. It's hard to explain. It may sound like an excuse. But if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll start to see these verses and how they connect differently. I view God as good. Mm-hmm. I try to look at all the verses that even look like he's not good, as there's a good purpose behind it. You know the whole saying, God works in mysterious ways, you know, yes. why is this happened, why does that uh-huh. happen? I believe they're all because of covenants. I believe God's made covenants. I mean, I, I kind of believe, and this is not in the Bible, that he's made covenants with Satan, with Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And Lucifer is the Lord of the world, even though Jesus has now defeated him. And those covenants are in place. God can't break his word. We don't understand the covenants, but when I look at God as being good... I'm going to look through a filter of everything he's done has a good purpose behind it, even though I don't understand all of it yet. You know, we're not the end. This, this book, the Bible, is huge. It's all, right, big. all right, so give me some examples, if you don't mind, of these right. good things that God has done. Well, you, you just, you, you've described how he gave his son. Now, that's kind of in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. When, he, when his son was born, he, basically the war between mankind and God was declared over, because the angels came to the shepherds, remember that story? Yeah. He said, peace on earth, 
goodwill not between men, but goodwill towards men. Mm -hmm. So at that point, the war between God was, and mankind was over. He'd, and the animosity that he felt was laid upon Jesus as a sacrifice of the Lamb. That's one. That's basically the best good thing he's ever done. Is given us, given us a sacrifice of his son. Gotcha. So you, 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 you another thing he's done. I mean, we're, you know, is it for granted that we were created? Even I don't believe in the in the. I'm not a creationist. No, but that fact that we are actually here. I mean to say, not not that maybe God just snapped his fingers and mm -hmm. we came out of nothingness and we were a full-grown man, Adam, and right. so forth. The fact that creation was created, the matter of the Big Bang came from somewhere. These are questions that I think our minds have limiters on. Well, you see, like a race car, the limiter coming out of the pits. Sure. I think our minds have gotten limiters on them. We cannot understand some of these things. How could something come from nothing? Well, we don't we have, have all the answers yet, but as we progress and as we learn all the ancient mysteries... The answers will be known. You know, it's said that this life is a digital simulation in physics and quantum physics. Mm -hmm. That if you, the concept of taking something and cutting it in half and always cutting it in half and cutting it in half, mm -hmm. you can never reach nothing, can you? But it's been proven, and I don't have the statistics to tell you right now. You can look this up, you know, obviously Google things, that there is a point that physicists found or, or, uh, that you cannot cut any further digitally. It's as small as it can be. And so there's one uh, teacher in Christian circles who says that we're living in a digital simulation. It's mind-blowing, actually, to think about that. A digital simulation. A digital simulation. It's real life, but it's digital because it's all numeric. I mean, it's all... It, it looks real to us and it feels real mm -hmm. to us, but, you know, the atoms in our body, and these right. are not new concepts, they're further apart. The space between them is greater than the matter themselves. Yeah. So how do we know that, taking, taking that example of the digital world, how do we know that anything we hear, anything we feel, anything we touch is real? How do we know this isn't just a big hologram we're living in? Well, it, 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 you know, this could even back to Eastern mysticism, mm -hmm. that this whole world is an illusion. Itself, the physical world, is temporary. And it is illusion. So, All right, so if, if it is an illusion, okay. In the sense of impermanence. All right, so if it, you know, if it is questionable as to its authenticity, why is religion important to us then? Well, why is it important to us? Religion linking God back, man back to God, I believe that's one definition of religion. Mm -hmm. Why is it important to us? Because... We choose to believe. It's important to us because we need uh, um, uh, to know there's a creator that loves us and that we're not alone. But wouldn't the family unit give you all the love and all the security that you need? Why do we need an outside deity? It, it does. It does uh, lead to uh, uh, give us uh, mm -hmm. uh, that. But our family, the same as society and humankind, can't save us from death. Our death is certain. Well, of course, um, the moment you're born, the moment the moment you're conceived is the moment you start to die. That's true. So, what can save us from eternal separation, or eternal darkness, or eternal death? 
what mm-hmm. can save us. Only something more mysterious and powerful than us. Ah, there is, there's the magic word, mysterious. Because it hasn't been proven and people refuse to have it disproven. Because once it's proven, one way or another, the game is over. But as long as it remains in the realm of the mysterious, there's hope. Well, I don't believe it'll ever be proven proven. They might get close to it Mm because science, you know, God did say in the Tower of Babel, whatever they imagine they can do. And we can do quite a bit as human beings, and we can imagine quite a bit, and we can create quite a bit. We can do quite a bit with our imaginations, and we can we can explore and learn new things. That is true. But the I don't I kind of believe, like I went back to this limiter concept, I kind of believe that mankind will never get to the point of proving it. You know, I, I came up with all these crazy ideas uh, coming out of New Age. Why don't we have a telephone to the dead? Let's create all these inventions. Why don't why can't we communicate with the dead? All right, stand by. I, We've got to take our final break. Exo Nation, Peter Miller Russo's our guest. His website is proclaim proclaimhisholyname.org. And uh, we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. I'll be right back. What if someone told you you could live to be 120? Would you believe him? What if he told you the Bible guaranteed it? All you needed to do was follow his rules and buy his products. Would you do it? What if you invested 20 years of your life in him? What if he tested his substances on your child? What if your child became brain damaged as a result? Meet Dr. Tyler Belknap, a fast-talking Texas admin turned health guru. At the helm of a vast health food and supplement empire, he has established himself as the authority on nutrition and longevity. But what his followers don't know is that his products are laced with bizarre psychoactive substances from genetically modified plants developed in his very own secret lab. No wonder his customers can't stop using them. Tyler Belknap will stop at nothing to keep his edge in the market, even if it means experimenting on children. Chasing 120, a story of food, faith, fraud, and the pursuit of longevity, a novel from the pen of political cartoonist Monty Wolverton is an easy and entertaining read full of rich characters and intrigue. It hits home in a world filled with all kind of hucksterism and offers a glimpse of what can happen when GMO technology falls into the wrong hands. Chasing 120 by Monty Wolverton. Get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward slash 120 or on amazon.com. Hitchcock is an expert in exorcisms, psychic warfare, soul healing, angelology, soul retrieval, demonology, energy healing, long distance healing, astral healing, and much more. Nita is an interfaith minister because she believes all gods and goddesses are valid and that they are part of one divine force that is incomprehensible to us who are incarnated upon this earth. Nita has been doing astral healing, distant healing, spirit release, exorcism, house cleansing and blessings, soul restoring and revival, psychic vampire removal and curse removal, and much more for over 40 years. 
For more information or to contact Nita Hickok, visit her website at www.astralhealer.com. That's www.astralhealer.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Peter Miller Russo is our special guest this hour. His website is proclaimhisholyname.org. So, Peter, what is what is your message that that you would like to get out to the world tonight? Well, I guess it revolves on uh, three or three main things, and mm-hmm. it's really what came to us, and what came to us, what came to me, and why we created a ministry was first of all to teach the people. But God's name is not the Lord, as they saw in their Bibles through traditions of men for centuries. It's not L-O-R-D, capital. I mean, uh, if they haven't known that, now they do, and there's some people that still don't know that. And again, this is in the Jewish-Christian perspective. And that God does want, has some desire for his name to be known and proclaimed, and that's shown again through the Holy Scriptures. That biblical personalities did call on his name, they proclaimed it, didn't hide it, like we might hear from the Jewish uh, side of things today that uh, basically um, in the past actually have killed people for saying Jehovah's name, mm-hmm. that there are blessings in his name that he promises for us if we learn about his name and think about it and honor it. And there's also prophecy in his name that's, that's coming true. We want people to mm-hmm. know that God has a name and it's not the Lord. Well, where is your church located? Well, it's more of a ministry, and we're in Minnesota. That's where we're uh, high, uh, at this time. All right, so where do people go to to pray? Where is your ministry located, or is it just an online well, ministry? It, it, it's a ministry. It's not currently a uh, physical church. Mm-hmm. So it, it, this, this particular ministry is to teach about God's name and to show people what the Bible says about it. Christians and, and Jews. All right, so and, uh, so I guess like, I would imagine you didn't go to a seminary, you're not an ordained minister? I personally am not an ordained minister. I was a minister in my cult, mm-hmm. but I've since renounced that. Um, so uh, I'm not an ordained minister, but I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I had a mission, and this is what, is, what, we, what we do. We have a website where we categorize mm-hmm. all the verses for people. We have articles and videos to, to the teaching of what we and learning through the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that in the end days, there will be many false prophets. How do I know that you're not a false prophet? 
um, by going by looking at the uh, website and ex- mm-hmm. and looking at the Bible verses, we've not changed the Bible verses. Mm-hmm. We put them from the Bible, and we're just giving a viewpoint on how to um, review them. So it's an exploration that anybody can do. It, very quickly here, how the exploration started was just go through your Bible, look mm-hmm. every place where the capital Lord is and the word name is, start categorizing them, looking at the verses. What are they? Are they commands? Are they blessings? Are they curses? Mm-hmm. Are they prophecy? And you'll come up with the same thing we did through a, a dedicated research. So it's not something that was uh, made up. For but was this dedicated research, research done by, by trained professionals, or was it just by people who wanted to delve deeper into this, this misinterpretation? For example, were there scholars, were there members of clergy that were involved in this research? Yep. Trained professionals has given us quite a few mistakes and traditions ah. in Jewish times and in Christian times. Catholicism has a, quite a few errors in it, not to start bashing them. But, um, you know, I've always been a little bit of a rebel, thinking mm-hmm. for myself. I see that, yeah. That's the way I am. All right, I want to thank you so much for joining us, uh, Peter. I... <sighs> I don't know. You know, here you've got somebody who's saying you can't trust the Bible. He was with a cult for 20 years and has an internet church or an internet ministry. I don't know. I'll stick to the established ordained ministers. I'll stick with the Pope. I'll stick to people who have studied, who have learned, who have asked questions rather than just someone that is on the internet. But mind you, that's me. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, and the Exxon is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. But if you dare to be heard, dare to answer the questions. We'll be back. Don't go away. Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. 